This is mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Your content is at the heart of what you do. It connects your company to others, teaches them, guides them, and inspires them. But creating, managing, and editing content at scale is often very chaotic and difficult. Empower your content teams with Brightspot Content Management System, made specifically for marketers and corporate communications leaders. No more waiting for a developer to have to piece things together. Put the power to create and deliver powerful yet complex digital experiences into the hands of your marketers with a comprehensive suite of ready-to-use tools and functionality. Bring a bright spot to your tech stack, your customers, your team, with the Brightspot content management system. Visit brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm here with another incredibly brilliant marketing leader, and I want to talk about him for a little bit, and then I'm going to shut up for most of this conversation and let him talk. But today, we're here with Shiraz Siddiqui, former global social lead at Twitter. They're almost a decade, I think, or a decade. Uh, And for our audience, Shiraz, can you tell everybody who the heck you are, tell us what you've been doing for the past couple of years, and thank you for being on Marketing Trends, man. We're super happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for the kind words. Um, I really do appreciate Hey, everyone. I'm Shiraz. Uh, <laughs> like Jeremy mentioned, formerly of Twitter, almost there uh, for, uh, I really wanted to get to my 10-year mark. We didn't We didn't make it, but uh, it, was a, it was a great, great ride uh, regardless. So um, as my former title, uh, yeah, as Global Social Lead, uh, it's a bit probably ambiguous, but to explain a little bit what myself and and the team did, I was a senior manager leading uh, a lot of our consumer marketing efforts and social media teams across a few key areas. Of course, the flagship brand, Twitter Inc., uh, of course, but also specifically gaming, sports, uh, creators, influencers, uh, product, uh, and even entertainment in my tenure. But um, in the last few years, entertainment was spun off into a different person. So entertainment's like movies, TVs, celebrities, that kind of thing. So uh, me being a gamer, uh, sports fan, um, I really uh, kind of doubled down on those. But of course, handling uh, the flagship brand, um, we were l- literally a brand consumer marketing team that also happened to have social media under our purview. So uh, I know a lot of um, sometimes social teams, uh, you know, might sit on comms or or whatnot. But for us, really, as Twitter, we're in a unique position where Twitter is our vehicle <laughs> for a, for any news announcements, updates, etc. And how we, you know, interact with our own um, users uh, at the time with our with our brand. So uh, that's basically what we did. We came up with uh, con- again consumer marketing efforts across all of these different um, interest verticals, user bases. Uh, and it wasn't just about social media, but really it was social media marketing, which in that essence is how do we reach the right people with the right message organically and make sure we're driving, you know, positive user sentiment, uh, brand consideration for Twitter, uh, and really just making sure our users are not only happier with the product, but using it more. 
So you were, I'm going to back up a little bit because you, 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 sure. you, you uh, that was probably a lot of, info. no, that was great. It was awesome. <laughs> but, Cause you set, you set the yeah. stage for where we get to go play, sure. which is awesome. But you were at Google doing some Google things, which I, I appreciate that. Cause I was at Google at the same time doing some Google things. <laughs> yeah. Then you, then you went from Google to Twitter and you've been at Twitter, as I mentioned for almost 10 years. Yeah. Um, and now for, you know, formally at Twitter. So like, I, you know, that tells me that just, you've had this perspective on just like consumer behavior and on just like seeing not only, you know, watching users interact with, you know, a platform, but also like from a brand level to see all these different industries and brands and how their users and customers are interacting with their brands and the way they're engaging. And you've been kind of at that beautiful fire hose or roller coaster ride, I would say, you know, for a decade, that's you know, so much change has happened at that time at Twitter, the way we interact online, the way we engage online. What was that like? being a witness to that, like being kind of, cause it's like, you're, you're really, you can zoom out and see so much at play from that perspective. And you get to see the world changing in ways that other people just don't get to see when it comes to technology and, and social media. So what was that like? If you could yeah, give us the snapshot of that. Yeah. What was it like? I think probably if I were to distill it down first and foremost, it was surreal. Yeah, <laughs> Surreal yeah. is probably the word. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, when I joined tech over a decade ago, when I first joined Twitter, I mean, the latest and greatest iPhone at the time was the iPhone 4, which, by the way, the best looking iPhone still to this day. But <laughs> the the iPhone 4, to put it in our perspective, right, there are probably people um, <laughs> who might be listening to this podcast that were born before that phone even was even made, <laughs> right, or f- born after that phone was even made. It's kind of it's kind of wild. So. You know, even back in 2012, it was still the early days of tech. And uh, when I worked at Google, I I was on the Google Plus team (laughs) uh, marketing that. So that probably even elicits some uh, some nostalgia in its own right. Um, So, you know, I was there for the rise and fall of many a tech product. Uh, There are some much closer to my heart (laughs) that uh, still saddened me to this day. Google Plus being one, but really Vine, I think, was behind, uh, you know, really ahead of its time. Uh, when that came about, because, um, you know, we see the influence of TikTok today. So seeing the rise and fall of, uh, you know, me being a nerd, a tech nerd uh, <laughs> and an advocate um, for technology, I think just seeing the rise and fall of how technology has really impacted our lives day to day. And really, I mean, I'm a dad now and I have two kids and these kids are working the iPad better than me, which is just wild. <laughs> so it's just it's just really surreal to see how much technology has been ingrained into our day to day. I mean, think about the first thing you do when you wake up, you're probably grabbing your phone, right? Uh, which 10 years ago, that wasn't really the case. So things have changed, um, but surreal um, and, and humbling. I mean, it's been a pleasure to be at the service of technology and folks and customers and users that I've interacted with and served. Uh, to be able to shape culture in a way. I mean, that's really what we did at Twitter was shaping culture. So to being to be able to have that responsibility and and <laughs> and uh, just to be able to shape culture in any capacity, whether it's best practices for a brand or, um, you know, hop into one of the coolest like events or sporting things or uh, marketing deals that we could do I, it is just humbling as well. Were there some brands along the way that that really caught your attention and how they approach social media marketing and how their <laughs> customers? I mean, yeah. was there just because to me, again, you get to see so much brand love at different levels. Yeah. But are there brands that stick out to you that are like, 
I mean, they're killing it in terms of connecting with their customers and they're using every touch point like it matters yeah. and they're maximizing that. What brands are doing that well? Or that you remember they're doing it well? To answer your question, Wendy's. Ooh, I think interesting. the rise of brand Twitter as a persona and community and now is a thing. People refer to brand Twitter, right? There are companies now with personas and at the time when Wendy's started just completely roasting and destroying their customers, it's negative psychology, right? Like it's reverse psychology in the sense that like, hey, we roasted you so bad. We made fun of you so bad that you're going to now tell everyone about this interaction. You know, the fact that it was positive or negative doesn't even matter because the fact that it was a memorable or humorous interaction that they're now going to tell everybody about screenshot shared elsewhere. Um, and now you get to lean into a persona that's very unique as a brand because, you know, what what is a cheeseburger restaurant, right? What is a fast food? What is quick service? Like, how do you define what these are, right? So coming up with a persona I thought was brilliant um, when the whole wave of brand Twitter started. Mm. What could B2B, like large enterprise, you know, that, you know, someone say kind of old and stodgy yeah. B2B brands, what can they kind of take from the, from that playbook or just the playbook of that you saw worked really well when you were there at Twitter? Yeah. What I would say is uh, you got to reinvent what and how you're talking to your customers. Because again, there are whole new generations of folks that already have a feeling about whatever your brand is. So, you know, you could think about, you know, is your current customer aging out? Who is our new customer? Who's our current customer? These are things that, you know, I can't tell you. You're going to be a better <laughs> uh, business mind for your own business for that. But specifically, you got to think of everyone says Gen Z, uh, Gen Z. That's a tired, tired uh, thing to talk about, surely. But in this industry, it's extremely important in marketing because that's your up and coming crowd. That's going to be, again, word of mouth, going to be your your future customer is going to help spread your your advocacy is going to become your evangelist is going to become your content creator like these are all super important things so what i would tell these uh these uh these companies and folks that are maybe in these positions at companies that are kind of in the old guard uh, uh first step one <laughs> uh pro tip shiraz pro tip number one uh, move your social media team away from the comms team put them on the consumer marketing team that is your first touch point with any customer in terms of brand awareness, recognition, consideration, sentiment, uh, your social media is paramount um, because that is your first touch point. It should be treated uh, like gold. It should be your it should be your highest placed. Don't give it to the interns. So many. So, I mean, so many companies, <laughs> lar large and small, you know, um, when they're considering, you know, social media marketing or social media management, um, wh where to house that, right? Who do, do I outsource that? Who yeah. do I give that to? So that's really big. And I love that you mentioned that. Why the emphasis on bringing it to marketing versus comps? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how we did things. Uh, and it worked very successfully over the course of uh, my tenure. But when you think of consumer marketing, um, which is what we were, we weren't, a, we had B2B, but Twitter, of course, primarily is a B2C. We have users and we want to acquire more users. Um, so in that sense, really, what are your vehicles to do that, right? What is your sales funnel? What is your user acquisition story? Like those are things you're going to have to take into consideration, but social media is probably a part of that somewhere. Um, now, what I would encourage everyone to do is look at it and say, hey, 
how is social media impacting my funnel or my process or my lead generation? Um, if it's not working, then it's probably in the wrong spot. You probably need to move it up higher and put more importance and more resources and bandwidth toward it. So, you know, in my opinion, to answer your question, Jeremy, the reason it should be under consumer marketing is because you're marketing your brand to people. The social media is the biggest uh, free (laughs) billboard digitally to do that. Um, And it is so pervasive in our day to day. It's hard to not look at uh, brands, you know, on on these social platforms. Um, So I think it's pretty important. Was there talk in recent kind of recent months when you were at Twitter kind of about and I'm, I'm assuming there was, but, you know, a lot of these brands that we that we connect with and we have on the show on all of our shows, a lot of them are talking about the economic headwinds, right? And doing more with less next year. And I'm sure that was probably similar and still probably is at Twitter even now. Um, So thinking about brands having to do more with less and thinking about brands having to slow down enough to, to look at this customer journey and every touch point matters. Like every time this 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 customer, this user, this visitor, this mm. prospect engages with this brand and touches it, it matters now more than ever, right? Um, what are some ways you've seen this done really well? Whether using technology or AI or, or just it's just a strategy with that that you've seen work really well in terms of 2022, getting into the next year. Ways that brands can make these these things these touch points matter. Um, and thinking into the next year, especially where it, where it will matter even more. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, again, to bring it back to the emphasis on social media, if your team is doing it properly, it's going to be very cost efficient. I can kind of give you one example where we would create at Twitter. What what I helped lead and what, what I worked on on the consumer marketing side is building efforts and marketing campaigns that were socially led, meaning they were completely authentic to the audience we would market to folks in the way they were already using the product. We weren't trying to create something new. Um, so for example, uh, one of the campaigns and kind of overarching umbrellas that we had was tweeted into existence. And you might've heard the term, but in short, people, you know, on Twitter all the time would, you know, simply put something out into the void and hopefully, you know, the stars would align and someday X would happen. So, you know, we've seen it from, um, you know, high school, uh, football players where like, I'm going to hit the, I'm going to, I need to get to the Super Bowl one day or one day I'm going to, I'm going to win the Super Bowl. And they've tweeted it and it's literally happened. <laughs> and in fact, we did a whole campaign around the Super Bowl about that. Um, that's cool. You know, there, there's people that's like, you know, uh, I, I'm going to meet, um, or I'm going to graduate or I'm going to meet a particular person or I'm going to, you know, hit XYZ profession or I'm going to get to some goal. And they do that. And what we would do under this particular campaign is this is a way people were already authentically using the platform or we would identify them and then we would elevate them in some capacity to show the user connection and brand story of this person who literally tweeted it into existence. And there are multiple ways we did that. There would be really high budget ways we would do that. There would be medium budget and low budget ways. So having a wide variety, you know, quarterly, monthly, et cetera, on ways to do that use your budget appropriately, I think is a really strong way. Um, you know, a, a, a medium lift way we would do that is simply take the tweet, get the user permission, stick it on a billboard and put it in a high traffic area, right? Uh, a low way would be simply retweet it from one of our flagship social accounts and interact 
um, or, you know, work behind the scenes to have uh, our partnership team, you know, get athlete, celebrity, brand, whoever, seed them like, hey, there's this tweet that we're going to elevate, you know, behind the scenes. Maybe you want to interact with it because they're mentioning you. Um, there would be low lift ways we would do that uh, internally. And then there's even high lift ways. Like I like I mentioned that, you know, we do the Super Bowl or the Oscars or whatever um, versions of these. Um, so social media is a great way to do that. But I mean, this is where, you know, a high um, professional creative social media team can help you lead that type of marketing because they know your user base. They see the feedback every day of how and what people are talking about when it comes to your brand and product. And that's the team that you need to rely on because again, they are the first touch point in that entire user customer journey and brand story. The tweeted into existence, that was a campaign? It was two things. So we had multiple camp. We ha- It was a campaign. Okay. We did it multiple times, but okay. we had the kind of these overarching pillars that if we were doing a campaign, you know, sometimes we would dip back into that umbrella okay. because there are times where it was so, it was so big. Um, but there, are, there were a few other ones as well, but, but we always had campaigns going. Are there places that, that like, can people go back and find, find these examples and find some of these, these stories? Yeah. I mean, literally just search on Twitter, hashtag tweeted into existence okay. or the, just the phrase tweeting it into existence. I mean, that's cool. Some people would, you know, actually say post campaign, use it as a phrase hey, I'm tweeting this into existence. So that's the campaign working, right? That's people now using it in that way to identify, hey, this tweet is what this is for. And there are times where people, we would just gift somebody, you know, like I'm going to, you know, I, I, if I get this job, uh, you know, I'm going to give away a hundred dollars to like my followers because, uh, you know, uh, so we can donate X, Y, or Z, you know, there's like things like that, that it's like, okay, we have a budget. Like, why don't we just double it and like join in on that, like celebration and donate an extra hundred dollars to whatever their cause is. Like there's times like that again, that are low lift, medium lift, high lift that we can join in with something like that. That's so cool. I love it. I'm going to go back and look at some of that. What, what did that do for this concept for you and this idea of just how people like the potential of humans using their words to create this reality. Like I'm going to win the Super Bowl and actually do it. Like, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to me? I, I think it's a, the, I think it's the power of technology. It's just mind blowing. Right. It's like, uh, they're forecasting their future. Mm-hmm. I think there was like, I, I, we, when we were researching, this is, I, I'm probably getting this wrong, but I remember there was some actual psychology about this when we were researching this as a campaign where, you know, if you, there is kind of, Again, maybe I'm wrong, but I read somewhere that maybe there is a little bit of science to like actually willing it into existence mm-hmm. because the probabilities of, you know, you know, it might be placebo effect, but because you have already said it, you want it. Now you're going to implicitly start to do maybe things maybe you weren't voluntarily thinking of that put you on that path to making that whatever happen and, and accomplish that. Mm. I think that's really interesting, but I think it's the power of technology where it's like, hey, you know, it's kind of like a, a like a pegboard, right? Like you know, Hey, it's the new year. I want to lose weight. I'm going to put a, put a number on, on this and, you know, put it off, put on a magnet on my fridge or pegboard or whatever. And, you know, that's the thing that I'm going to work towards. So in a way it's like technology is just becoming not something that we think about. It just kind of happens in the background. Um, so I, I think it's pretty cool. So now that you've had such deep experience, you know, again, like you're, you're this, this is really a lot of widespread reach you've had at, while at Twitter, you know, almost a decade, you worked across a lot of different teams and brands and industries, you know, now you're 
you're someone that I look at that you know resume, I'm like, okay, that person can go to a lot of different places, right? You've seen a lot of things, you can go a lot of places, but what do you want to create now? Because like you've 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 now seen at the very highest level of social media marketing, like what can be done across all industries. So what does that do for like a next step for Shiraz? Because again, like you kind of you were at the place where you saw it all, right? And yeah. now you can certainly leverage that. But like, what what does the next step look like for you? I'm just curious because you could do a lot of things, Shiraz. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like to do a lot of things. Yes. So if you're listening, hire me. <laughs> I'm available. Um, yeah. So Jeremy, to answer your question, I think uh, you know I want to continue to train the next me. There was no course that I took. There was no classes that taught me to to market and really use social media in the way that we we came to use and um, for our benefit of a brand. Like these are things that we developed over the course of time through trial and error, you know, wins and losses, all of this stuff is learning. Um, and as you know, personnel and employee development was something that we took very seriously at Twitter at that time. So, you know, developing talent, I think is something that I personally will really want to lean into whatever my next roles are, because again, I I'm, I'm so passionate about technology and how it shapes us, but specifically how marketing and technology collide to really tell the brand story, specifically with social media, of course, as well. Um, developing talent, I mean, and then also just, you know, working in and, and working on things that I'm personally passionate about. Uh, you know, I've been in tech for a decade, so by no means am I burnt out <laughs> in any way. Uh, I have been many a ride or roller coaster, <laughs> as you, as you uh, so called yep. it. Um, uh, not burnt out by it. It is, uh, always dynamic and fun, uh, <laughs> working in this industry, but you know, I, I'm a gamer as well. So working in the gaming industry, mm -hmm. tech industry, uh, maybe a combination of all of them. I think some pretty interesting stuff is going on in gaming, uh, as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's going to be so interesting to see like how things evolve in the next, this it's only been 10 years and like things are so different for me, from when I first started in my career uh, in tech and coming across, you know, the next 10 years, it's going to be really hard to imagine where things go, but things are going so quickly. I, I can't wait to see where they go. What, what do you, what do you see kind of happening in terms of just technology and innovation in terms of social media and social media marketing and how brands are engaging with their customers and their users? Um, what, how do you see, what do you see that, how do you see that playing out in the next five years? Like do, what, what technology do you see that's either coming down the forefront or maybe you mm. saw glimpses of it while you were at Twitter, um, just really forward thinking, innovative ways brands and, and users are going to be engaging on social media? Yeah, I think specifically on social media, it's going to be a little tough. Um, but in terms of, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind when you mentioned that question, like AR, I think is going to be very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm again, I'm probably dating myself here, but, uh, Google glass was something I was very excited about. And I used <laughs> back in the day, RIP, man, RIP. I was a fan. I was a fan, man. Again, ahead of its time, right yep. ahead of its time. So, um, I think AR, I mean, we're already seeing this in cars, which is wild, right? Like you can go in and see like a high end uh, Mercedes, Lexus, Audi, whatever. And they have like heads up displays that like are, are showing you even Tesla's like showing you like what is on the road next to you, et cetera the evolution of all of that, not just in the car, but like as we're walking around, as we're wearing our glasses, I mean, we've started to see the rise of, you know, smart glasses again, but now they're a little bit different than Google glass. But I think that technology will continue to get better and better. And, and again, easier, like look at our smartphones. Now they're so easy to use and they're just a part of part of us. I think AR is going to become a part of that. I mean, 
I was watching some YouTube videos like last year at CES and the, the big thing at CES last year and the year before that was really like transparent um, LEDs. So like TV screens that are like transparent and not for TV, but like you could use that as like a, a display inside of the glass and so in a storefront, right? Um, to help with AR, or give directions on, on on panels as you're walking in a city or whatever. So I think like things like that are going to be really interesting. I mean, we've seen the rise of Pokemon Go and all these amazing fun experiences, <laughs> you know, like even like uh, pre-pandemic Pokemon Go happened. And then uh, with with the explosion of just like people wanting to interact and, you know, being in lockdown, that's going to create people are already working on brand new experiences just because of that. So I think AR is going to be a really interesting one to see like how that develops, because I think it's going to be. Um, it's going to start to touch many parts of our lives, but it's not going to be something that we actively think about uh, how we're using it. And, I, you know, of course, there's going to be ads. Of course, there's going to be brands that hop into that. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that how that space evolves, um, specifically in social media. Uh, I think there's going to be a continued emphasis on how social media platforms, plural, are used to generate user sentiment um, and brand consideration. I think those are going to be two things that we'll start to see evolve even further in importance because, again, like I was mentioning, it's the first touch point uh, for your brand with folks as they're hearing about it. And, you know, I'm sure the folks listening probably have these stats as well, but people aren't watching TV anymore. People aren't like doing things that they used to. You know, the new generation... Uh, even me, I, I don't have cable TV. Um, I just watch everything on my iPad or, or, uh, you know, sh- bring it up on the, uh, from one of my apps, uh, onto the TV. Like people aren't there anymore. People aren't in traditional media anymore. So how are you going to continue to grow that brand? How are you going to continue to grow customers? Uh, you know, you got to look at new ways. And I think social, which is where the people are, <laughs> you know, is going to be really important there. What did your experience at Twitter, like how, how did it inform the way just you interact with the culture around you? Because again, it's like you're at a place where you're seeing culture move at a fast pace. You're witnessing this evolution of technology and different the, the way different generations even engage with these different brands, right? And then there's you, who's also a human being that's a dad and also engaging with the world as well. How do those two things play? Play Because, I mean, you're, the way you interact with the world could probably be a little different based on what you've seen at Twitter and the way you see brands and their users and customers play together online. What's that meant for you, kind of just being a normal everyday human with kind of that information and that insight? Yeah, I mean, there is part of like your decision making process, which is a little bit of gut based on your own personal experience. But I think what's really important is to uh, kind of block that out. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of probably where you're getting at. I think it's actually important to not use your own story when developing and deciding on things to go on behalf of the brand. Because, I mean, look at all the different people that used Twitter. They're not like me. There's so many different types of people that use Twitter. So I I can't just think of me when I'm deciding on a marketing campaign or or initiative. Um, You know, you have to take into consideration of all the different life experiences of your customer. Where are they? Who are they? What are they into? Those are the things that you have to take into consideration. And that might not be you. And, and that's OK. Um, but, uh, you know, I think um, it's kind of the opposite. I think you should understand, you know, your own story, but also take into consideration, like, who are your actual customers and users and what are they into? 
But I mean, there are things that, of course, in your own experience and life story, you can you pull from when it comes to experience or or is there something you can relate to? And I think tapping into those is really important because I think that's a it's a great initial gut check. Like, uh, you know, if we were coming across a gaming campaign, gamers themselves are uh, pretty vocal when a company or initiative is butting in inauthentically to the space, whether it's an ad or organically, what have you, you know, so, well, you got to make sure you do it authentically then. So, you know, me being a gamer, cool. I can kind of help gut check the team when we're, when we're doing something like this. But, you know, if we're going into like the, if we're doing an Oscars conversation, sure. I watch the Oscars, but that doesn't mean like I'm tapped into everything that's going on. I'm going to really talk to the team or <laughs> who are experienced in that particular thing and help them inform the decision of what we need to do. So, you know, it's, I think it's also really great to have, again, your social media teams be really tapped in, but they're a great resource to, they have different experiences, but like the social media team is seeing how social's playing out every day. They're a great experience to tap into for any decision-making as well. Uh, again, which is why I think it should be on the consumer marketing team and not a comms team. Let's talk about data for a, for a little bit and sure. just the, what are what are some of the things that, you know, I've talked to a lot of marketing leaders that they've different priorities when it comes to data and metrics and what they're what they're tracking. But from from your perspective and the things that you pay attention to, like what are what are some of the metrics that marketing leaders should really be paying attention to going into 2023 with what you know about the way the world is turning and changing? Yeah, I mean, in terms of metrics, I mean, the things that I thought were always important user sentiment is <laughs> always very important to track. Uh, not only evergreen track it, but like after initiatives as well. I mean, there's lots of ways to to do this, but you got to see how your messages and maybe your ads or performance marketing or really your organic social activity. You got to see how it's being perceived. And <laughs> uh, again, it needs to be authentic, right? So if things are uh, negative in terms of sentiment and not being perceived authentically, then then you got something to work on. Um, so I think in terms of data, that's a big one. I think also competitive landscape. I mean, for every brand, it's going to be a little bit different. But you know, what is the brand consideration for uh, for what you're working on versus X, Y, or Z, right? Or the competitors in the space. I think that is really important because you gotta you gotta have the data to back up decision making. I, I, data's paramount I, I don't think we can we can dispute that but um i think it's a it's a blend of not only the quantitative but the qualitative as well because i mean if we go back to the gamer example sure data shows gamers are into x y or z but again if you don't show up authentically meaning you got to have the qualitative like spin on the wording right um <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, just because you put like 8-bit Mario music behind something doesn't mean it's going to be received well because it's a gamer uh, initiative. Um, you know, they could sniff that stuff out. So you got to make sure you're you're also not only using data, but also adding in the qualitative layer. But but I mean, data, yeah, it's paramount. Absolutely. One of the biggest data trends that we're hearing a lot talk about is this idea of like real-time data analytics, like real-time marketing, real-time mm -hmm. data can you talk about the speed at which data was, you know, this real-time data was integrated into Twitter's marketing strategy or that you've seen? Yeah, get it as real-time as you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> get it as real-time as you can. Uh, based on your budget and your scope, get it as real-time as you can. It's very important. I mean, there's so many things that are happening. Uh, for, for Twitter as a global company, you know, when we were doing an initiative, there were uh, things happening within even current events 
that would affect how our message that we might be putting out there could be perceived. So uh, just to give a hypothetical rough example, not, not that this happened, but you know, if, if something like this happened, you know, if we're putting out, I don't know, an infographic of like, here are the top, uh, cause it's like end of year and all the Spotify raps are coming out. So, mm-hmm. uh, and all the brands versions of the raps are coming out. Um, you know, at Twitter, we used to do something like the, uh, here are the most used emojis, uh, that we saw on the platform in the last year. Great. If there's a, a, a fortunate shooting or like tragic event, like that does not mesh with like, here are the best happy faces of the year. Like we, we got to know what's going on. So we can either delay, uh, that pause the ad, there are so many times when I see an ad running on Twitter or other social platforms that that just looks so bad, but they could have easily been paused if the folks, you know, take current events and, and that type of real time sentiment and monitoring into consideration. It's extremely important. You know, the other tip, you know, Shiraz pro tip number two in the podcast, never schedule anything. Always do it live. Never schedule anything. We never scheduled anything for this exact reason, because you never know when something's going to happen and it might. The worst is you put something out, it gets screenshot and then you have to delete it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get roasted. Mm-hmm. So don't schedule anything ever. Make sure the social teams are monitoring and real time data is a part of your strategy. What are your thoughts on the metaverse and kind of where that is kind of had been heading and kind of <laughs> heading now? What you mean, Again, your perspective, I think, is, is different than a lot of people's, but what are your thoughts on where that where that world's headed? Yeah, where it's headed. <laughs> uh, gamers are very averse to this. Mm. Whereas like the technologist or folks on Wall Street are like really into it. You know, I mean, the technology that it is right now is like stuff that's existed in gaming and and in this culture for over a decade like it's not new so the experiences that it's giving might be unique right it's in a vr ar kind of space um you put on an oculus headset uh you know you you experience it um where it goes i think is going to be interesting how it evolves but in its current form it is not uh, appealing to many Mm. (laughs) on the gaming side Yes. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, we, and I haven't really spoken to anyone that can, that from that, that can yeah. talk from the gaming perspective and you're so right. I mean, they've, it's not anything new to them. So, and yet there's so much hype on you know the other side where it's like, well, this opportunity is there. Yeah. And so many brands, by the way, like ran, you know, like McDonald's and, you know, all these brands yeah. that yeah. came to play Acura and Hey, let's get in the conversation. Let's get in, you know, but I, I asked a lot of marketing leaders about, the metaverse Shiraz yeah. and most of them were kind of just paused as as well. Just like, well, we're, we're waiting and seeing, they weren't like we're running, yeah. we're running full steam ahead. Some folks like Campbell soup and others, like they had big initiatives around it. So it's, it's interesting to yeah. see how brands, how quickly some brands moved and how, how slowly some others did. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, dipping the waters in something new uh, just because there's a new platform or new technology. Like, yeah, try it out, see how it's received. Right. And and that's part of generating that user sentiment and metrics to figure out, like, is this something that we need to invest in? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with testing it out. But uh, I think, you know, <laughs> from from my perspective, I, I, I would be well into the wait and see. Like, we got to wait a long time. So don't even think about it or worry about it is what I would suggest to my teams. This has been great, man. I mean, I just want to 
you know, say thank you for being a part of the show, Shiraz. I mean, you're, again, like, I was super hyped to hear about you because, again, like, someone who's got a decade of experience at Twitter, at the, in, you know, in leadership there, seeing the way so many brands are winning and not winning when it comes to social media and social media marketing. This has been enlightening, man. So thanks for being here. I'm excited about where you go next. Um, you've you've been listening to this human being for the past hour. You know, share some really interesting insight and inspiration. So if you're whether you're a B2B brand or a B2C brand, I know we dropped some nuggets here. So um, Shiraz, thank you for being on the last show of 2022. We appreciate you, man, and um, really excited about where you're going to end up next. Thanks for having me on the show. Just throwing some air horns on my way out. So peace. <laughs> <laughs> You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers, to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.